7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. And a very good evening. Welcome to the show with myself, Tabiso Musia Liolo. Kalip is producing and Babalom Duma is in technical and Tebuko Khadebe is our man on social media. We'll be talking a lot of football on the show tonight and there's a big story that we will be focusing on specifically. That is uh, the rape allegations leveled against Juventus and Portugal player Cristiano Ronaldo. Las Vegas police have now confirmed that they've reopened an investigation stemming from a 2009 complaint involving a woman who claims that she was sexually assaulted by Cristiano Ronaldo and the 34-year-old woman later reached an out-of-court settlement with Ronaldo in which she agreed to keep her allegations private. But now her lawyers say that Ronaldo did not fulfill one of the terms of the settlement and the agreement was therefore avoid. And in an interview with Der Spechel magazine, uh, Mayoga, uh, the complainant here, the victim rather, says that she had gone public with the allegations in the wake of the Me Too movement. And the Spiegel is a German publication published in Hamburg and it's one of Europe's largest publication of its kind. They broke this story last year and they also spent a couple of days interviewing the woman here and the sports editor Christoph Winterbach will join us on the line to talk about these serious allegations leveled against Cristiano Ronaldo. He's already described them as fake news. He's put out a video on social media saying people want to be famous using his name but they've uh, pulled these records now that have been published that are out there in, in in the media and it looks like a very very serious allegation this one we'll also talk a bit of youth football with one of the big youth football tournaments in the country taking place this weekend in pretoria that's the engine champ of champs where the under 18s rather battle it out across the country and then they all meet for the national finals to decide who is the under 18 a champion of south africa and former bafana bafana striker mr duncan crowey is the head of selectors for this tournament and he will speak to us about uh, uh, this tournament and we'll get a chance to get an assessment from Mr. Duncan Crowey of where he thinks we are as far as youth football is concerned. What are the weaknesses? What are our strengths? Uh, how are we compared to the rest of the world? Because he's also worked in the youth system at youth systems at Ajax Cape Town and has travelled around the world with the Ajax youth teams and he can give us a great perspective of where we are as far as youth football is concerned in the country. But before all of that, we are going to go, we're going to talk cricket. There is a match going on in Bloemfontein. If you've been with us throughout the afternoon we've had regular crossings from Natalie Germanus the Proteas taking on Zimbabwe in the second ODI and the Proteas won the toss there and elected to bet first and let's get the latest now from Natalie. Natalie a very good evening and thank you again for joining us. The Proteas were bowled out for 198. What did you make of that total and what's happening now? Yes, certainly not the best total from South Africa's point of view. They'd be really disappointed with some of the dismissals. They were soft dismissals and they didn't really apply themselves as they should have. Except, of course, for Dale Stain, who made a magnificent 60 from 85 deliveries. First time he's made a half century in his ODI and list day career. He had 1-4 and 1-6 as well. He shared in a very good partnership with Andile Pechlokwayo and they put on 75 runs together while Pechlokwayo added 28. Adam Markram also made 35 and for Zimbabwe all the bowlers took wickets they bowled well yet again they showed some good disciplines with uh, Tenda Jatara picking up three for 42 in his nine overs in reply Zimbabwe are in all sorts of trouble South Africa were in a very similar position as well after 18 overs Zimbabwe find themselves 59 for six they've just lost the wicket of Elton Chigambura caught by Hendricks at second slip his fourth catch of the series already and that's off the bowling of Pekla Kwaya who's again bowled very well tonight 
He's in his fourth over, and he's got one for four. This is absolutely incredible bowling by him. The other bowlers have done well as well, with Dale Stain taking two for 16 in five overs, while Tahir has picked up two for 11 in his three, and Giri has one for 26 in seven. So Tabiso, at this stage, Zimbabwe need 140 of 187 balls, but they only have four wickets in hand. Okay, thank you, Natalie. We'll cross again to Natalie just before the end of the show uh, to see if that the Proteas have now wrapped up uh, that game if they've picked up the last five wickets there. There is also live UPSA Premiership action again tonight, and uh, we have four matches again, just like uh, yesterday. Bloemfontein Celtic with all their off the field problems are hosting Mamelodi Sundowns in uh, Bloemfontein. There's a derby in Limpopo between the Black Leopards and Barocca. Chipper United welcome back Mac Mayambela and Dane Clayt as they face Free State Stars in. Port Elizabeth and Orlando Pirates are up against Golden Arrows at the Orlando Stadium and we'll give you regular updates. But up next, we'll speak to the sports editor at Der Spiegel in Germany, Christoph Winterbach. A strange tale of good and evil is brought to you like never before. From 30 September to 12 October at the Opera Theatre in the South African State Theatre, experience the spine-chilling consequences of a desperate old man's pact with the enemy and the thrilling conclusion of the battle between good and evil. The South African State Theatre and Pretoria Symphony Orchestra present Charles Gounod's Faust with Canadian tenor Boris Dero as Faust, well-known bass Otto Mahidi as Mephistopheles and Lea Gunther as Marguerite. Tickets available at CompuTicket. Wow, wow sounds, sounds good. good. The South African State Theatre, Theatre of Africa. Leading Sport Stories of the Day on SAFM. And this is definitely the leading story in the world right now. Uh, even though I see the football community has been very quiet on this one, these allegations leveled against uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, but some have been uh, brave enough to talk about it. And let's go to Germany now to speak to the sports editor of Der Spiegel, uh, Christopher Winterbach, who joins us on the line. I mentioned earlier when we started the show that they broke this story last year and they've been on top of this story. Uh, Christoph, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM in South Africa. Good evening. Thanks for having me. You broke this story last year as the publication. How did you first come across it? Because it seems like the world was not supposed to know about this. Well, yes, uh, it's a team of Spiegel journalists that has been working on this case for a couple months now. Um, We started with this story in 2017, early 2017, We're working on a huge database called Football Leaks. It's the biggest leak in sports history, and it contains millions of documents. And we're digging through it, and uh, we're always finding new stories that we can report on. So at the beginning of last year, we found the first traces of this incident in 2009 between Catherine Mayorga and Cristiano Ronaldo. And uh, we got together as a team and did some further research and tried to gather as much information as possible. And when we were confident we had enough to fully understand the story, we went outside and tried to get even more information and uh, traveled to Las Vegas, for example, tried to talk to Catherine Mayorga. She, she refused to talk, though, and Cristiano Ronaldo wouldn't say anything either. But we still were able to get more facts and get more uh, information about this uh, case. So we were able to publish the story in April 2017. And what was the reaction from Ronaldo's camp and the lawyers when you published that story last year? Because I understand that there have been threats made against you that you would be sued. Yes, well, the whole process from the beginning and uh, actually today from Cristiano Ronaldo's Twitter feed, uh, they, they, they always stress that Ronaldo denies the allegations that he has uh, sexually assaulted Catherine Mayorga. 
So uh, this is something that, that they said from the beginning. What was really remarkable, however, was uh, the statement that his agency, the agency of his uh, uh, intermediary, George Mendes, published right after our publication in April 2017. They called our article a piece of journalistic fiction, and they said that we only had documents uh, where we weren't even uh, uh, able to identify Cristiano Ronaldo as being the one person that we report about. And that was clearly wrong. We could prove very easily that that was not the case. And uh, we published another story uh, about that. So um, it's, been, it's been a remarkable reaction from their part. And, uh, they, and his lawyers have always threatened us before publishing uh, to sue us when we publish. But uh, to this day, we haven't received anything from them. Now, it's clear, Christoph, that there was an incident that happened here. According to the information that you have and the papers that you, you've seen and, and the work that you've done here, what exactly happened that night in Vegas in 2009? Well, as you say, there's uh, a lot of things in this case is uncontested. Uh, Ronaldo and Catherine Mayorga met in June 2009 in a club in Las Vegas, and she was with a friend and he was with friends and family, and uh, they, uh, uh, Ronaldo invited her and her friend to uh, his hotel room, uh, which had a nice view over Las Vegas and the jacuzzi. So they went up there, and uh, it was all apparently quite friendly and playful, and uh, they ended up together in one room because Ronaldo offered uh, Catherine Mayorga to uh, get uh, a changing clothes so she could uh, join them in the jacuzzi. So they ended up together in one room, and that's where exactly the two perspectives are going uh, apart from each other. That's where Ronaldo says they had consensual sexual intercourse and where Catherine Mayorga says that uh, he forced her to have sex, although she resisted and uh, said no. In, in the court papers that are out there, it seems like uh, Ronaldo does admit saying that she had initially said no. Is that also your understanding? Well, this uh, this notion uh, comes from a questionnaire that is uh, in, that is available to us. It's a questionnaire from September 2009, and it comes from Ronaldo's lawyers as they prepare their strategy to uh, get a settlement uh, agreement done with uh, Mayorga and her lawyer. And it's a very detailed questionnaire with many questions uh, regarding the incidents of that night. And... And in this document, Ronaldo is being quoted as saying that she did say no and stop several times and that he did force her, although uh, she didn't want to, and that he apologized to her afterwards. And that's pretty close to uh, to the version of Catherine Mayorga. But there's a second version of this questionnaire, which has pretty much the same questions, but different answers. The second version comes three months after the first version with the same questions, but now Ronaldo saying it was consensual, uh, she didn't say no and stop, and he didn't apologize to her afterwards. So that's uh, two, uh, d- twice the same document with very different content. That's what we're reporting about. You mentioned the settlement. They're saying it was about 375,000 US dollars. What led to the settlement? Did Miss Mayorga ask for the money or did Ronaldo's lawyers try to buy her silence? 
Well, this whole thing uh, starts pretty much after the incident. A couple hours later, uh, Mayorga called the police and uh, she was very emotional. Uh, we have the police report where it's uh, documented that she's crying and she's upset and she refuses to say Ronaldo's name. Uh, apparently, she talked to another person before that and uh, got the advice that she should be afraid to talk out publicly about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo because he has so many, uh, m many millions of fans and that she uh, would have to fear to be harassed by them. So apparently, from the beginning, she was very afraid to talk out about this case and to uh, get into a public uh, uh, court process. So that's how it, it came to the, the settlement agreement at some point where uh, she had to promise that she would stay silent about this incident and uh, where he agreed to pay her for that and where he also agreed to uh, read a letter from her or have a lawyer read it to him where she could write down everything that happened to her afterwards and uh, how she feels about this incident. And we have this letter as well. It's very emotional. It's very graphic. And she's saying in this letter, quote, that he ruined her life. Uh, and that she actually feels bad about signing the settlement agreement because what she really wanted at that point in 2010 was justice. Mm. And and uh, did police act on this matter in 2009 or was it decided then that it would be sorted out by means of a settlement? Well, as I understand it, the police wasn't able to go much further in their investigation uh, because they didn't have the name of uh, of their uh, of, of Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. But the police has now confirmed uh, uh, yesterday that they reopened the inv investigation that was started on June 13 in 2009, and that they consider it an ongoing investigation. And uh, we can tell we know that. Uh, Catherine Mayorga has been in touch with uh, the police in the past couple of weeks and uh, that uh, her lawyer says now that she is open uh, to discuss everything and tell everything from her perspective now to the police. And, and what's changed now, Christoph, between 2009 and now with Ms. Mayorga coming out publicly? Some reports are saying that some conditions of the settlement were not met while others are saying that she was inspired by the Me Too campaign. Yes, there are uh, a couple of things here. So, as I said, we published uh, our first articles last year already, and um, there was this statement by Ronaldo's agency uh, that was quite peculiar, as I just said. And this statement also said that uh, Ronaldo had never received any alleged letter that we uh, quoted from in our documents. And as I just explained, it was part of the settlement terms that he promised to read this letter or have a lawyer read it to him. So pretty much his agency, if, if it's true what the statement says, have, has admitted to breaching the settlement themselves. But there, there were some other things happening since uh, our story uh, publication. Um, there was the Me Too movement um, yes. a couple months later with so many uh, women speaking out about uh, celebrities uh, harassing them or sometimes even uh, sexually assaulting them. And uh, apparently... These uh, all these things encouraged Catherine Mayorga to uh, uh, actually seek justice for herself and to speak out publicly. But the biggest part, the most important step, was that she has a new lawyer now who says that the settlement is in fact null and void. Because in his argumentation, she was traumatized back then when she signed the settlement agreement, and she was not competent, legally competent, to sign the settlement. She was uh, diagnosed just now, as her lawyer says, with uh, PTSD, 
and uh, he says it was illegal anyways to stop her from uh, uh, charging criminal uh, proceedings against Ronaldo, which was uh, which the settlement was about. So he says the settlement uh, shouldn't have happened like that. It shouldn't have been signed, and it ha- has uh, illegal contents. And he says uh, that's why she has every right to speak out publicly. You said earlier on that you sent a team to Las Vegas to speak to Miss Mayoga and the family. What did they report back to you when they came back? Well, obviously, this is a very sensitive research. Um, this, we, we have to be very careful in every single step that we make uh, because we don't want to falsely accuse anyone of doing anything and we want to give a very a balanced uh, uh, account of uh, the things that we know and uh, the documents that we can base it on. So it was very important, very vital for us to have a trustworthy relationship with Catherine Mayorga and also her family. And uh, my two colleagues... Antje Windmann and Rafael Buschmann went to Las Vegas and spent three days, complete full days, with Catherine Mayorga, with her lawyer, with her family. And uh, when they came back, they said, we want to publish this story. Because what they heard from the family was uh, how Catherine Mayorga changed after the incident. Uh, she she had depressions. She was uh, emotionally un- unstable. Uh, which she wasn't before in in, in that uh, condition. So um, they they witnessed her herself. They asked her challenging questions, and they they uh, tried to confront her with all kinds of stories and versions. And uh, they came back convinced that uh, this is at least a, a case that is in the public interest and that we need to report about. And how is she now and how's the family? Because everybody's focused on Cristiano Ronaldo. I can understand it can't be easy uh, for them. Well, I imagine so. I can't really speak for her and her family now. I know that uh, tonight uh, in Las Vegas uh, time, uh, in the evening in Las Vegas, there will be a press conference held by uh, Mayorga's lawyer. So there might be some new uh, information there. But humbly to like uh, quote what I uh, what I experienced uh, just on social media when I uh, published the story uh, or published tweets about the story is just shocking because mm. you see so many uh, uh, brutal reactions from Ronaldo's fans and other people who don't read the story and who react very aggressively and uh, for me, very personally, that's only me saying, I I hope that Catherine Mayorga doesn't go on social media right now and, uh, and reads what uh, some people are writing about her, because uh, no matter how this thing plays out, uh, there, being, uh, there are horrible things out there right now. Yeah, no, I've seen some of those nasty comments are really, really unacceptable. And Ronaldo has come out, he's even posted a video on social media saying that this is fake news. What did you make of the video that he posted? Well, this fake news video I find very difficult to assess. Uh, It was posted, I think, last Friday on Instagram Live, and um, it's not on his account anymore. Uh, We only we can only see a video excerpt now, and it doesn't even show the question that he's being asked. So. I don't really know what he refers to when he calls us fake news. Is it does he does he only mean that the allegations of rape uh, uh, are denied by him? He has done that before uh, towards us, uh, or does he even suggest that anything from our documents that we uh, talk about are fake? Uh, because so far, nobody of his lawyers has said anything like that. So um, I think 
the reaction we had today on Twitter, where he actually uh, posted uh, two tweets, as far as I know, saying that he denies the allegations and that he has a clear conscience and awaits the the results of the uh, of the process now of the investigation now. That's probably the the one reaction that we can consider as uh, thought through and official. And with the police, Christ, well, for those who have just joined us, by the way, we're speaking to Christoph Winterbach, sports editor at Dispechel, and publication in Germany. They broke this story about the serious allegations leveled against Cristiano Ronaldo and it's just giving us a background because it's also big news here in uh, South, South Africa. I've seen the reaction also on social media. And Christoph, with the police reopening the case, what does it mean? Does it mean they now have new evidence or are they under public pressure to act now that the story is out there? Well, uh, Catherine Bayorga filed a civil complaint last week, um, and there has been many people uh, asking us at the Spiegel too, because we reported about the case. Why has why hasn't she filed a criminal complaint? Uh, why is she only challenging the settlement agreement and not challenging the the rape accusa- ac- accusations themselves? Uh, well, the thing is, this is totally in the hands of the uh, law enforcement uh, uh, people in in the U.S. in the U.S. judicial system. The police has to investigate now. Uh, they can talk to Catherine Mayorga. I, I would suggest, I would think so, that they were, that they are reaching out to Cristiano Ronaldo and asking him for his comment. And they're going to review everything they hear and everything they see. And uh, at some point, they have to decide uh, if they have enough evidence to forward this case to the district attorney. And uh, he has then to, to decide on how this uh, process continues. But that's uh, totally up to uh, to the officers there. And do you think Ronaldo's camp understands and or accepts the seriousness of this matter, or are they hoping it will somehow go away? Well, I think this is these are obviously very serious allegations, and um, I think uh, Ronaldo's camp uh, is uh, obviously very experienced, and uh, they they know exactly how to uh, how to measure an importance of a story. So my guess would be that they are very uh, careful and, and think every step through, like uh, how, how are they going to position themselves publicly and uh, how are they going to tackle this matter? Absolutely. Finally, Christoph, is a, have, have you opened a can of worms here and, and maybe will this encourage others to come out now without fear of being victimized, especially if, if it's a case that involves a high-profile person? Well, that's, uh, according to Catherine Mayorga, one of her motivations to speak out, too. She wants to know if there were any other alleged victims um, by Ronaldo, by some other celebrities. So this is pretty much in, in, the, uh, in the course of uh, the Me Too movement. It's the same thinking. Like, if, if one person dares to speak out, she encourages other people to speak out, too. And obviously, many people were surprised uh, last year, how this topic gained traction and how many revelations there were. So, um, yeah, we, I, I don't know. I can only speculate if there will be more cases like that. Uh, we just have to see. And uh, every single case, I need to stress, uh, is very individual and every every case needs to be uh, very carefully researched and uh, very uh, carefully reported. Okay, Christoph Winterbach, thank you very much, sir, for finding time to speak to us on SAFM. We really appreciate your time and you giving us a, bre- a breakdown of what happened here. And we'll keep following the story on Despechal and looking forward to see what's going to be announced today at the press conference.